Welcome to No Ideas Original Sports. My name is Kiyada. I'm here with Theo and Reem. How y'all doing this week? Doing good. Doing good. All good, bros. So this weekend, or this, I can't even say the weekend anymore. This Sunday is the all is the All Star Sunday. And listen, we got it already set up going to Atlanta or something, but it's supposed to be uh, no fans and all that type of stuff. But from all reports I'm hearing, Atlanta's the party site right now. <laughs> now, I mean, do you think that should have been an all-star game with the whole pandemic thing and, you know, with all the things that's involved around the all-star thing? Because I can tell you years ago when the all-star game was in New York, I didn't go to the game, but there was a lot of festivities going around around the game. So, what do you guys think? You know, also giving Atlanta what we should hide it and all the stuff going on. See, like on my end, I'm a little conflicted because I know LeBron made those those comments. Uh, he was, it almost seemed like he was implying that they were told it wouldn't be a game, like maybe they would get uh, some type of rest or something. But then I, I heard, uh, and not sure if it's true, but I heard CP3 was the one that was on the player side, kind of like advocating for a game. But we know that the league is a business, so of course these guys, the league is gonna push to have the game. Um, so I'm not surprised there that they're having a game. I'm not sure Atlanta is the best site due to what you just mentioned in terms of being like a party city. Um, in general, pandemic, it never really seemed to close down over there in, in, in Atlanta. So I think they probably should have picked the town. I mean, find a gym in Wyoming somewhere. <laughs> that way guys just go there, they hoop, and they go home. Um, all the additional extra stuff, the party, and even if it's not the players per se that's, that's involved in that stuff, um, it's still risky for the fans and uh, stuff like that to be out in these, these all-star game parties and stuff. So just pick an area where hardly anybody's there, um, secluded, and they just go, they play, do what they have to do and go home. Um, so I, I'm not surprised there is a game. I think there probably should have been a game, uh, but I think they could have chosen a different location. Uh, I'm for I'm for LeBron, man. I fuck that playing. Um, you guys had uh, what 70 70 days gap between last season and this season. A lot, a lot in the body going up and down for, for, for two or three hours, man. Um, it was better off my opinion just announcing the, the starting five and also the, the All Stars for the year. They just got through the beauty family, man, for a week or two, for a week I should say. And that's about it, man. But we're gonna play somewhere in Utah where you know nothing, nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe in San Antonio, you know. Please wear a place hit you go. You're alive. I think you're right. Yeah. You might have touched on a nerve, though. Theo, you might have touched on a nerve, though, man. Yeah. You just said, um, Mom, they played a game in Utah. Yeah. I know. So this week we heard a lot about the Utah Jazz players and how they got picked. I mean, I, I gotta say, I, I mean, I, I don't really have a problem with them being picked last. I mean, go Rudy Gobert. I mean, okay, you know they needed a big man to make it in the All Star game. Kind of don't get me wrong, he's got good numbers and everything, but I don't know how much you know, guys. I mean, it's nice for the league to put somebody on there as a defender and stuff like that. Um, Donovan Mitchell's having a pretty good year, but 
if you would, I mean, if you were drafting, I mean, because the whole big stink was that both the Utah players were drafted last, and then LeBron made some statements about, about well, it's Utah, and if you know, you wouldn't even pick them on a video game. That's what that was his comment. I mean, do you guys have a problem with the Utah Jazz players getting picked last? I personally don't. I'm I'm looking at the selections now, and I, I can't see who either one of them would have been picked uh, ahead of. And that's not to say they're individually not having a great year, um, and as a team, right? First half of the season, best team in the league, probably. But I, I don't know who I would have selected Gobert or Mitchell um, ahead of, so I don't have any problems there. Um, Another interesting point is we discussed it uh, in our last episode is Mike Conley, right? <laughs> Saying, you know, we don't even know if he should have been a selection if somebody would have got hurt. And here it is, Devin Booker is out and Conley's the selection. So that's another Utah Jazz uh, player in there. But yeah, I don't have any issues with, with them going last um, in the draft. I'm, I'm a gamer. I've played all the NBA lives back in the days and the showdowns. Yeah. And I've never used Utah. And my people <laughs> who play with, with me never use Utah. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. But I respect Carmelona and John Stockton. That being said, as far as the order of the draft, I, I mean, what players are you going to pick um, after Donovan uh, uh, Mitchell? I mean, like, Luca, I'll pick over him. Yeah. On either side of the, of the team. What yeah. guard are you gonna pick pick um after Donovan Mitchell? I don't I don't see it. I, I don't see it either. I, I mean I think I think one of the things they gotta realize is this is that for one thing it's always been it's always been historically good for the team that wins because always around the all-star game team that wins they get the benefit of the doubt you might contribute some of that winning to extra players like i don't even to i don't know why mike conley i i mean he, i wouldn't have been upset if his name wasn't on the ballot right what 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 did mike conley do to deserve to replace anybody i mean for one thing if cj mccullum wasn't hurt i don't even know why mike conley would even be considered I mean, you even look at that. Um, he hasn't had the greatest season, but I'm sure statistically, if we look at it, Jamal Murray probably has still had a better season than Conley. John Morant. I mean, there's a whole host of people that we could have took. Uh, like Trey Young, All right? Trey Young. Trey, yeah. So if you look at like if you look at it as far as that whole, yeah, that is true. I mean. Why is it that, now yeah, here's another question for you guys. Why is it that we still feel compelled to choose the same amount of players from each league when you're doing a draft? If you're doing a yeah. draft and they can play for either side, why do we got to choose the same amount of players from the East and the West? Yeah, that's a good point. It, it doesn't seem like it has to be, right? So why not a Trey Young, if anything, from the East playing over there? Because like you said, it's no longer East versus West uh, for the time being. Yeah, I think um, Sabonis is on on LeBron's team. He's a late figure on yep, LeBron's team. Yep. So yeah, so he's he's matched. This could not have East versus West. Keep it, you know, team Kareem his keep his team because y'all don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, because Kawhi Leonard is on Durant's team. Right. Mm-hmm. So was so was Booker. Right. 
Right. Yeah, so it's a mixed style all over the place, you know? Yeah, as a matter of fact, if he wasn't hurt, Anthony, Anthony Davis would be on the rest team if he wasn't hurt. Yeah, Zion is too, as well as Donovan Mitchell, right? They're playing on, on quote unquote, the East team and KD's team. So when they put another player on, they probably should. They probably shouldn't have had to put had the ball. They'll say they didn't have to, but I mean, I, I got. I still gotta say it. The league has got to be involved. I, I still can't believe if I looked at the coaches and looked at the players that they decided that the next best guy to put on the team was was um Mike Conley. <laughs> I mean, that's you know what? That's our next interview. We need to find an NBA player that said they voted for Mike Conley to go to the All-Star game. <laughs> Besides Mike Conley or Utah Jazz player. You know? Yeah. Like, Listen, you watch Mike Conley? Yeah. And it's not that he's bad, it's just that his numbers compared to a bunch of other guys aren't up there and I get the whole benefit of the doubt for being on a winning team but I don't know if that takes you from having you know average numbers all the way up to making the making the team so, I don't think so. yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta yeah I don't I don't understand it I, I, I think we we all at a loss for words on this Mike Conley thing I don't I don't I don't get it I don't get where Mike Conley would be somebody that you would put. I don't know. And this and this not even the best. We I mean this not even the best Mike Conley's been. We see Mike Conley much better on the Grizzlies. Right. Yeah. Now, do you like this format better than the East versus West? The the random. I, you know what's funny about it? I, I like the fact that it kind of puts like these star players on 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 like like on notice because. I, when you watch Durant and LeBron pick, they pick the way we would pick. So it's not like it's not like they out there just picking only their homeboys. Like dudes is really considering those picks. Cause I, uh, they had something where I think Durant and LeBron both wanted to pick the same guy or something like that. So they they they, they actually picked the picks. I mean, some of the guys obviously they picked because they you know that's people they cool with, but. For the most part, it seems like they pick really about who they think is the best players. So that that part I like, and it kind of tells you like what the players think of each other too. Right. It's funny that you mention that because I'm looking at KD's first pick, and it was Kyrie, and I'm not uh, against him being that first pick by KD per se, but I wonder how much of of Kyrie's psyche factored into that. Um, like if, if he didn't pick him first, right? Because his second pick was Joel Embiid, and I, I could easily see Embiid, let's say, being that first pick. So I wonder how much of that is. I don't want to, you know, cause some friction. Kyrie going to one of his things again, or if he legitimately felt he should have been that first pick for his team. Go ahead, Theo. I, I got one for this one. Go, go ahead, Theo. Though. You, you got it. Too. LeBron was not taking Kyrie on the <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> I don't care. He was not the Kyrie. I was Katie taking number one, number two. Made no sense, man. You should know that. Like, listen, Brian taking you, bro. So I'm picking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking you, man. Okay? You got these. I, I, I got to tell you, I think the whole thing for that was strategic. 
For one thing, we all know if you were going to choose between James Harden and Kyrie Irving, which one would you have picked first? I would have picked Harden. And yeah. He but, ended up picking yeah. Harden, but it was number six. Yeah, because him and James is real cool, so they probably in the background like, yeah, don't worry, I'm going to pick you up or something. James Harden doesn't care either way. Whereas Kyrie, if he didn't get picked by, uh, by Durant, like like you said, his psyche would be ruined. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to remember, Joel Embiid is like that too. You don't want to kind of get him, like, you don't want to give nobody no fuel for the flyer or something. That's somebody they might have to face in the in the, in the um, Eastern Conference Finals. He's real childish and stuff like that too. Look, you picked me six. Look what the six got. All types of foolishness or something. So you pick him second because it makes sense for him to be like, oh yeah, he picked his teammate and then he picked me. I'm the best type of nonsense. <laughs> so you got the two biggest babies out of the way right off the top. So that, that made sense. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, I think for Harden, either way, Harden seems like the type of guy that he don't care who would have picked him. Yeah, it'll make a difference either way. And as long as the clubs open in Atlanta, Harden can care less. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, James Harden, the clubs are open. He want to know who's dancing tonight. She just hang up to somebody's dog, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys heard it. In one of the, I don't know if you guys heard it in one of the Nets games. You know that the Nets, the person interviewed him, asked him how was the strip clubs in Brooklyn versus the strip clubs in Houston. This is somebody interviewing him, and he says something to the effect that they good to me. They all treat me nice. <laughs> I can believe it. <laughs> so you, yeah. You can clearly tell with his, you know, where he's at. Yeah, yeah. Treat everybody well. No beef on no sides, man. Houston on New York. Right now. Nope. For you guys, when you look at the people that got picked and where they got picked, any any surprise picks on either side that you think that I'm surprised this guy took this guy? Um, it, from looking at it, it looks... It looks pretty good. I think they get, they did a, a pretty good job uh, drafting. I know there was that whole Utah Jazz, um, you know, thing that we discussed. But outside of that, that controversy, which I personally agree with them being picked last, I don't really see anything that's necessarily controversial. Um, it looks it looks pretty even to me. Yeah, I have issues with it. You know, uh, you know, even down to Sabonis or uh, Gobert. I think it's a bonus too as well before I pick over there. Either take inside or outside, which is so versatile people there. As far as the order who we want to wear, man. I know I know LeBron won is Zion Williamson, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that was the guy, yeah, he won it. I will tell you this the only thing I say if I was team Durant I would try to pick up the pace because if you got a combination of Don, uh, Luka Doncic Jokic Sabonis and Rudy Gobert any four of those guys on the court at the same time whatever granted they could play basketball but they're not going to be the best in a, in a full court set get those four guys out there one yeah, yeah you got Luca out there. We got Luca and Curry. You got, got somebody to shoot the rock, but it's not a big, 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 big
I wouldn't be surprised to see see what's him see LeBron what's him not play as much this year. Take himself yeah. out so my, I I can see that. Yeah, I, I would agree. I don't see him playing heavy minutes. There's, there's no real reason to uh for him to. Plus like Theo said, LeBron was one of the guys who didn't necessarily want to be there, so um, mm-hmm. I play him extended minutes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. They actually had, I remember like years ago hearing about this thing where coaches used to actually ask the old, the guy who coaches the All-Star game not to play the players so many minutes. So now I think, I don't know if they still do it with this format. It used to be that the starters had to play X amount of minutes, stuff like that. But listen, I'm guessing with this format, it's probably not the same. Now, speaking of formats, are they going with that same weird fourth quarter thing again or whatever that was last year? Or is it a standard, you know, game? I haven't heard anything, but I'm 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 kinda hoping it's not that 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 um that that probably format. I mean the is I didn't I particularly didn't like that fourth quarter thing that they did last year. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I prefer just the standard game. I know they tried to do something. And the NBA is good for that, switching things up. Uh, but I think that particular one, for me, um, didn't work out too well. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I just looked it up while we're talking, and it, it's the same way. They're going to they gonna stop. They gonna, at the end of the third quarter, the fourth quarter will have, there's no time that teams will play to a final target score. Meaning that the game, yeah, so I don't know what that could be. I mean, that seems like um, you guys watch the big three. You, you ever check those games out where they have like that um, Elam ending and all that stuff where if you were to me, you got to win by two and if, you know, at a certain score, that's the end of the game. And at that point, so to some extent, it makes the first three quarters less valuable because if at the end of the game three quarters is 87 to 80 and then you tell me the next person to score 12 wins I mean what's the, what's kind of the point of the first three quarters yeah, so it said each quarter, each of the first three quarters will begin zero to zero. So basically, you got you got every score like an individual. You win the quarters, maybe. Yeah. Too hard, man. Too hard. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah, I think they're doing too much. Just, just let them play a standard game. And if you want to add some excitement to it, maybe eventually look into going the route of baseball, where whoever wins. But they would have to go back to the east-west format, I guess. But whoever wins, home home court advantage is on the line. If they want to add some type of stakes to it or something, um, but I think they need to just leave it alone in terms of the format of the quarters and stuff like that. I think they're they're reaching a bit now. So they do have one interesting thing. It's like a tribute to Kobe, I guess. So that fourth quarter, it says the final target score will be determined by taking the leading team's total points for the three quarters and adding 24 points. So if you, whatever team, <laughs> whatever team at the end of three quarters to, 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 to win the game, 
is that number plus 24. I mean, okay, I mean, I think we could have did something a little more than that, but I, I guess that's that's a way of doing something. Yeah, they put, make sense of court, you know, a picture of Kobe or a potential Kobe logo or something like that, if you want to pay respects to him. But I, I think, uh, I think they're, they're trying a bit too hard with some of the stuff. Like, I don't want to have to sit down and go through a rule book to follow the game, you know? I just want to be able to sit back, enjoy. But now I can't remember half of the stuff you just said, and I'm sure most of the fans won't either. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be chaos. People gonna be like, "What is this?" Because I know if I didn't just read it, I would be like, "What is this?" I'm pretty much sure I'm not gonna remember this tomorrow either. That's how how crazy it is. I, I agree with Reem just said about this. Maybe have a logo in the middle of the court. Maybe have a specialized uh, jersey. We have a, a Kobe logo on on the game jerseys only. We do that. Yeah, and you know, as far as the NBA with their contracts and stuff, that should work because Kobe was on the bank. So I, I, I don't even think they would have mind doing that. Right, right. Yeah, put like a, on the jerseys and maybe they'll do that too. Uh, I'm not sure, but put like a patch or something for Kobe, something like that. Um, I think would have been a little better than, than what they're attempting to do. Yeah. That, yeah, there's a lot of things, but yeah, that, I don't even think, you know, as far as representing them, how many people's going to, besides read it now, how many people's going to even understand what's going on? I mean, I'm sure they'll have the announcers talk about it. Oh, yeah, now they're going to play 24 points, and but it's, it's not going to be anything that's like, you know, mean, meaningful. So say, you know, oh, okay, the last quarter we played till 24 points. So I don't, I don't really get that one. So besides the listen, besides the, the actual game, we got the contests back. It seems like at least the dunk contest to me seems like it's scaled down. Listen, the three-point contest still seems like it's got a good amount of people in the skills competition. So for the dunk contest, we got Anthony Simmons from the Blazers, we got Cassius Stanley from the Pacers, and we got Obi Toppin from the Knicks. I mean. Looking at it, what's up? You guys tell me what you guys think of the field and who you think has the edge there, or who you think will probably win this. Uh, I think not just due to COVID, but in general, I think the the like extra festivities is kind of like dying down a bit because it's almost like it's become cool to sit in the you know the stands and watch it than to participate mm-hmm. in it, other than the All Star game. Um, so I'm not surprised by the field. Um, I know they tried to get some big names. They tried to get Zion. Supposedly turned it down. And so I'm, I'm not really surprised there because I, I know these guys, they, they like watching versus participating these days. In terms of winning, um, I got to go with, with, and it's a hard decision between him and, and Stanley, but I got to go with Topic. He's representing the Knicks. He's from New York. He's a high flyer. So. I'm going with Toppin. Uh, he's definitely hyping it up too, saying he, he's going to try to do some things that we haven't seen before. So I guess we'll see. I've heard that a million times, and then guys get out there and do the same thing you know, that I used to do in the park. <laughs> myself. Um, yeah. So, but Stanley's a high flyer. That much I know. Simmons, uh, I didn't know he was much of a flyer. Um, so I'm a little shocked to see him in it, but I'm excited to see what he has. But I, I'm going with Toppin. 
Yeah, I'm going with Toppin. He's strong. He's, he's a big, uh, more lengthy. He's more of an uh, explosive dunker than the other two participants. Um, oh, I think he's being held in halftime. It's off like that, if I'm mistaken. Yep. Yeah. So that, that, that's pretty different. That's kind of cool. Keep you entertained. Keep you involved with the All-Star game. Sometimes it's boring. The All-Star break on halftime show can be boring sometimes. But I like that new idea of having a uh, contest in halftime. But uh, I'm gonna go with uh, OB. Uh, Oxygen does do some explosive uh, things, you know, YouTube, so to speak. So, but he played play, play, play for the Knicks, so keep it home, keep it home time with uh, with uh, with, uh with time. For me, I'm I'm kind of torn. I I want to see OB top in one because I I, I want to see a hometown thing. But I actually like when I was when I was thinking about this, I went and looked at some of these videos. And I watched some of the stuff like from Cassius Stanley and Jute and, and Drew League in California, where he's taking off from almost the three, almost the, the free throw line in the middle of the game and stuff like that. But I, I think I think Toppin seems like a guy who actually practices this type of stuff, so he seems like he's he's engaged to do it. Whereas the other guys, they Simmons, I don't know too much, like you said about him being a dunker. Might be just a free trip to Atlanta. <laughs> but <laughs> if free trip to the festivities, but Stanley, I need, I know he can at least jump. You know he can jump and dunk. Simmons, I've seen somebody look like he can jump. But Tommen, like you guys said, he seems to be the most engaged in doing this and stuff. And you always see like videos of him at practice and stuff like that doing stuff. So I think this is a good event for him. I think I think it's another feel good moment for the Knicks this year too. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to ask you guys a question. You guys got to know this answer. You guys are Nick fans, so you need to tell me who are the two other Nick players to win the dunk contest. Y'all got to tell me this. Was it Nate was one of them? Nate was yeah. one. The other one's a little bit further back. Not too far back, but a little further. Uh, Put it this way. I don't know if Kareem, Kareem, I actually, I met this, the other one, you're alive. I'll tell you a story. I met him. And he let me try to drive his car. He actually used to date a guy, a girl in my neighborhood. You know, I I, I could guess other one. Is it before I I tried? He's a Kentucky player. He's a Kentucky player. Kenny Skywalker. Yep, Kenny Skywalker. I can tell you, Kenny Skywalker was crazy because a girl he dated a girl in the neighborhood, and he had a Porsche with a stick shift, right? Mm. I didn't know nothing about no stick shift. But Kenny Walker, <laughs> Kenny Walker was trying to show me, like, yeah, you want to try it? How to drive his Porsche with a stick shift. So, wow. in the neighborhood, he was a cool dude. Nice. He was through every once in a while. The only thing with Toppin, I'll say, is uh, sometimes they they take points away from from uh, like big men in the yeah. contest because of the way it looks. You know, Stanley's not a short guy. Usually, they'll give extra points if they're like six one, six two. Yeah, Pete Robinson is like three-time champion. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, doing some impressive dunks, but he was also getting some extra points due to his height. Yeah. Um. So Stanley's what, maybe six six, six seven, something like that. Yeah, he's. So yeah, topping, you know, being six nine, six ten, he he may lose a little points um, based on his height. I know they they tend to to deduct points to seem from big men. If OBC Dr. J or Dwayne Wade, he's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's in trouble. 
I, I will tell you this. If he gets out there, like, one of the things for him is, like you said, with his height is both, he can't afford to miss dunks. Like, when you're tall, there's no room for you out there throwing the mm-hmm. ball. There's nothing worse than seeing a 6'10 dude throw the ball in the air off the floor or whatever. Let me throw it off the floor and try that four times. They're not going to give you no credit for that. Like, Nate, Nate, for instance, Nate at his height, if he throws the ball four times, we can live with that. At 6'10", you can't be throwing the ball off four or five times with the clock almost running out. I think that's kind of what took some of the luster away from the dunk contest, too, when you got all that stuff going on, where you got guys taking seven tries in a minute and a half or something. You know that, I mean, anybody that's ever played basketball knows that once you get to the second one or third one, it's over with. You, you're not going to have the same energy trying to dunk the basketball after trying it five times. Right. So it's like, all right, man, you might as well. I remember watching one years ago, somebody laid it up after all that time. Like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to I'm just lay this ball up. Get the basket. Plus, I think the league, they didn't the league at one point started, uh, like they changed the, the rules where it was like, all right, round one is a throw ball dunk. This yeah. round, you got to do this. This round, you got to do that. So they put these restrictions in place, you know, to try to limit what people can do. Because I remember they had one round was like, a, you have to do a throw ball dunk. The next round was you have to involve one of your teammates or something yeah. like that, right? Because I remember Steve Nash being out there with Stoudemire for a week. the ball, yeah. So I think they need to get away from that stuff and just let guys be creative on their own, too. That's a, a big part of it. Yeah. I, I do think we are missing some key players, though. Like, I would love to see Zion. And the craziest thing is, is I think they asked Zach Levine. He said no, but I, they some video surfaced to him throwing the ball between both legs. You see that one? I think there's a video out there where he put the ball between one leg and then put it between the other one, and the ball just popped out. So these guys are not going to be in the goodness, but we'll see other guys. But yeah, he he actually in a in a layup line tried to throw the ball between both legs. <laughs> yeah. So I think the one in the, uh, that that was posted on Levine on the lamp line where he made it was one between only one leg, but it was still like some crazy some crazy dunk. Yeah, he, the, he threw yeah the one he threw off the floor. Where yeah, he, I seen that one. Yeah, so you got you got guys who said that um that you couldn't even do couldn't even do that. There are some some other guys like. You remember the, the, the alleged Texas Twister years ago from Tony Dumas, the 720? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I still haven't seen yeah. one of those ever. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, there might be somebody out there that says they've seen it, but I can honestly say, I can, I didn't, I've never seen the 720. Yeah, I've seen people uh, maybe pull off a 540. Yeah. But I've never seen a, seven, a 720, really. I can tell you this. I think in my heyday, I could probably give you about 420. <laughs> 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 you can get part of the way. I definitely could get the 360. I had that one, but I'm not the 540, 720. Nah. Yeah, I a little bit past the 360 where I'm kind of doing something crazy. you like, well, I don't know what he's doing. But yeah, I'm definitely not getting those 720. But- Another guy I would like to... Uh, seeing it too is what about John ja, ja Morant because he's a high yeah. player you know he would have been an, another name to see in there you know it's funny he, he strikes me as a guy that if he would have made the all-star game he probably would have did it 
Yeah. It wouldn't be surprising, you know. It'd have been smart for the NBA to try to get guys who made the game to participate too. Yeah. Um. But you, you know what I think it is too, and, and I, I get that. If you look at the guys participating, I don't think uh, it, somebody said this before. I don't think it's enough at stake for them to do it. Like I mean, it sounds crazy, you know, to a regular person working, but I don't know how much unless he's going to donate the money. What um Zach Levine's going to do with fifty thousand dollars or whatever, seventy five thousand or whatever, or you know, or the run. What's Zion Williamson? Zion Williamson, what? Nineteen. Wait a minute. Keep talking, okay? All right. Yeah. I don't know. You know. I don't think that the um. The prize may be not enough for, enough for these guys or something. Yeah, that's a good point. But how much uh, how much could you possibly offer? <laughs> you know, like you said, he's got a millionaire. So how much could you, you offer? Have, you offer a million dollars. You have seventy two candidates. In the yeah, most of them being uh, on the end of the bench. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> guys who can't dunk gonna try to be in the contest, but. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's not really much you could do. I mean, you know how you know it's watered down? Years ago when you won the dunk contest, it was almost directly attached to a sneaker deal. So guys who won a dunk contest usually got some kind of sneaker deal. You don't even see that anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, most of the times now, these guys get their deal before they even uh, do anything on the court these days. Yeah. Winning, winning the dunking contest was like, all right, now, now we got to give this guy a deal. You know, he, yeah, yep, he, he just, yeah, he, he just accomplished something. Now yep. you got guys like Kevin Knox with sneaker deals. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that really isn't. I don't even know what the litmus is to get a sneaker deal. I guess knowing somebody somewhere because some of these guys, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't even mess with them on those sneaker deals. I guess some, some companies are a little, little, you know stuff for talent to, to get on there but I mean the, I remember like going back to like years ago like D Brown he got the pump after um after the dunk contest with the move he got the pumps but realistically I can't remember the last player that got a sneaker deal after a dunk contest now I think it's it's I don't even think they do that anymore yeah so realistically I mean that is, you get some, you get some high flyers, but you definitely get like the lower paid dudes participate in this more than, more than the higher paid dudes. Yeah, agreed. I don't know what they do to uh, attract the big names back to it. Yeah. So we got the dunk contest. We got the three point contest. Devin Booker was supposed to be in it, but he's not in it anymore. So you, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> you got Jalen Brown, Mike Conley, of course. Oh, he's he's Booker's replacement for the three-point contest too. Yeah, this is getting crazy now. <laughs> we got Mike Conley in the three-point contest. You got Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. So, who you guys got for that one? Did you say Lillard there? For some reason, I thought he was in it. No, that's the crazy thing. He, I hope so, but from what they have, I don't see Lillard as being in there. He should be in there, but I don't. I don't think he's in there. You know, it's funny. You never know. It seems like some of these things are off, but Lillard right now is not mentioned to be in there. Hmm, that's yeah, that's interesting. 
Um, from that bunch, I, I gotta, I gotta go with Steph. It's hard to go against them. <laughs> I'm going only other person that I could even give a give a shot to is maybe like Zach Levine. I don't think some of these other guys. I mean, I think they they decent in game shooters, but for one thing, I noticed that a lot of bigger guys it's hard to get those shots up off the rack when you're not used to doing it. So you know, maybe some of these guys can't even shoot in the season. So I don't not not that well. So I guess the criteria now is just wanting to be in the game. Like, realistically, if you look at the top three-point shooters out there, of course, Devin Booker's his staff, you know, Steph is, is the premier, but I don't understand why they, they don't have guys like Joe Harris. I mean, you got some guys out there that's knocking down threes. Um, Seth Curry, his brother, should have been in there. So there's some guys like Tim Hardaway, J.J. Reddick, Tim Hardaway Jr. So... Uh, Harris, did he win it before? I thought yeah. He, yeah, he won it before too, right? So he yeah, I think he won last year. Yeah, so he should have had an invite unless he turned it down for whatever reason. He definitely should have been invited back. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, Connerly is the replacement for him in the three-point contest too. So. You know what? I, I wonder how much of that is. All right, we didn't get the big names that we wanted for the dunk contest. We can't afford to have, you know, the eighth eighth man on the team, you know, in the three-point contest too. In other words, we need these names out here for the three-point contest to make up for the lack of names in the dunk contest. Yeah, it is better for the league. So I wonder how much of that it factored into it, you know, played into it. Is that there you just named at the very least whether they're the greatest shooters in the world or not you you named some some star players um, yeah with the exception of Conley all of them are pretty much stars and again yeah. Conley's not bad he's just not not uh on these guys level yeah you're right they, they are stars and that and they you know what they all participate in the game too so it's not like they brought anybody in from wishing that that's not gonna be there already so that's probably part of the reason why Conley might be there because he's replacing Booker and they want to fill in the slot possibly. Like you said, he's already there. So you don't have to make uh, provisions to get somebody else in. So it probably was easier for him. Yeah. You that spot. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, you're right. Thinking about three points, so yeah, Trey Young's not there. Yeah. He should be there. Yep, he definitely should be. So there's some, definitely some strange stuff going on as far as, you know, I, I still think they might, well, wow, that is true. And it's in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta, and we haven't named one Atlanta Hawk for player participating in anything. Wow. That's that. Yeah, they're not no Atlanta Hawk players. I would have liked to see, now that you mentioned that, I would have liked to see uh, John Collins maybe get in on that dunk contest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, another high flyer. I mean, even guys don't play off again. He's playing different other skills, skills or activities. Yeah, yeah. Three point shot, voice or two and two something. And they all, yeah, they're already there. So it's not like you know you got to bring them in and stuff like that. So <clears throat> that is interesting that that there's no Atlanta Hulk players in anything. I'm looking at the skills challenge and I see they got Robert Covington, Doncic, 
Chris Paul, Julius Randle, Sabonis, and Vujacic. I mean, Robert Covington is coming in, basically. He's not in on any event, so he's just coming in on his own. The rest of the guys, again, that's three-point contest. You know, I mean, um, all-star game participants. I mean, I could see, for me, I could see somebody like Doncic or Paul winning this. I think it's a little harder for big guys to win this. What do you guys think? Yeah, and that's another thing, uh, like another one of those NBA changes where I'm not sure it's necessarily working out for the for the better. Is they changed the format of this, where they kind of sort of went with the smalls and bigs kind of format. Um, yeah. Before it was mostly guards, right? Point guards, a couple of shooting guards, and then they all of a sudden we want to see bigs in there. So you started seeing the the Jokic type of guys get in there. Um, but yeah, like you said, I could see uh, Doncic winning it, even though he's a bit slow-footed. Um, I would love to see Julius Randle get it. Um, I don't think that's going to happen per se, but I would love to see him get it. Why not Julius, you know? <laughs> but uh, are, you, are you betting on that far back CP3? Yeah, guys seem seem to have more skill set. Used to like, you know, quick uh, passing and shooting stuff like that, and that kind of stuff. And I dropped the dance this week. Why not Julius, man? Why not? I don't know if it was last year, but didn't a, a big recently won it, right? See, all right. We got research that. See, find who won it. Yeah, I think, I think they might have. I, th- I think it was somebody, somebody that big that wanted. Yeah. I mean, look, I think looking at these guys, my my concern would be them. Well, let's see. From a foot speed standpoint, I, Julius Randall can de- Randall can definitely win from a foot speed because he's not slow. Yeah, so he's that, that can do. The you know what, the bounce pass and the three point shot that that would might be the tougher parts for him. Well, so he's bonus, cool. though. He did. So bonus, I don't know if he's fast enough. And Vujacic, I don't Yeah, Vujacic handling the ball. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, he's if, he, if he wanted it, he would be, that would be the biggest surprise to me if, if Vujacic won it. Why those four? Vujacic is the better shooter. Yeah, he's the better shooter. Yep. The first guy still says, he can pass that rock like his dad. Yeah, he can. He can. I'm looking at it now. Quite a few bigs have won in 2015-2016. Carl Anthony Towns the following year, 2016-2017, Porzingis. And last year, uh, well, 2019-2020, Bam Adebayo. Nice. Yeah, so there's been some big. So Julius is... is he's got a shot. Yeah, he's got a shot there. You gotta shut that, that. I mean, that would make for a good night. You gotta gotta play in an All Star game. They win a couple of events. That's usually like a like a coming out party for a team to show that the team's moving forward and progressing when they start, you know, getting recognized on the national stage. So that that definitely would be good. Um, one thing I wanted to ask ask y'all is, what do you think about? Granted, there's no game this year, um, but what do you think about the format for the Rising Stars? Um, with the whole world versus um, versus the U.S. essentially, because and the reason why I bring this up, right, is uh, again being a Knicks fan, you've seen IQ basically get snubbed, but you're seeing guys on the on the world team, and I think he should have been there over some of those guys from the U.S. as well. 
but you're seeing guys on the world team that have no business being in a in a, in a rising stars um, game or anything. Granted, no no actual game this year, but they're being recognized. And you, but yet you see a guy um, like IQ essentially in this case being penalized because he's he's American, right? Yeah, I I don't agree with that that um, format just for the for the basic reason that you said. There's not enough players from let's say you know let's say overseas to make like I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, how many games have you heard about Fukundo Kamposa Kamposo playing? No, that's the guy from Denver. I was about to say, who is he? I don't know who he is. And he's, <laughs> So, I'm just picking some guys from last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you never even heard of this guy, right? So oh, you look at it like, okay, Nikhil or Alexander Walker's doing a little better. Um, Lugans Dork. I know he's okay. He's an average player, but he's, he's like a guy in the league. Yeah, he's a good defender, but that's about it. Yeah, listen. Precious Achua is from the Bronx, and I can tell you, he plays okay, but playing nine minutes a game or 10 minutes a game, I don't know how you could be a rising star. Because I like his game, but I don't, I, I wouldn't say that he's doing better than, than what's happening quickly. And here it is, quickly, is uh, when you look at PER, I think he had the highest PER out of all the rookies, right? Because he's, he's playing limited minutes, he's still, at one point, he was uh, like second in scoring. I think he might be down to third or fourth now. Um, and it's mostly due to his minutes. It's mostly due to Tim not not playing him as much. I'm going to give you some interesting stuff here, too. Remember, these games are composed of first and second year players, right? How is it that you don't see Cam Reddish on here when Cam Reddish is in the top 10 in steals and blocks or whatever, averaged about 13 points? It's about five rebounds, five assists, but he's not on he's not on any of these. Then I see uh like Calvin, I think Calvin Johnson is on there, I believe. Yeah. Not, I, James <laughs> Wiseman hasn't even really played a lot of games and he's on there. So some of this stuff, you know, I think the league needs to look at um quickly is a is an obvious one, but there's more people than just him. But he definitely stands out where I think he was he was uh you know, ripped off. And I think uh, part of it too, is if you think back to last year, granted, he didn't have the best rookie season, but you mean to tell me RJ Barrett wasn't, shouldn't have been uh, on an all rookie team? Oh, he definitely should have been. I mean, look, you got- The guy was like what, second or third, I think he might've been third in, in scoring, right? Behind maybe Zion and John Morant. He was probably third in scoring. He's a decent rebounder. You can't tell me his, his uh, defense is, is, you know, where he's a complete defensive liability. He didn't shoot the ball well. He was inefficient. A lot of rookies are. Um, but there's no way you could name, in my opinion, uh, 10 other rookies that was better than him. Because you have the first team, second team. Um, I don't think there was 10 rookies that was better than R.J. Barrett last year. But he got he got snubbed as well, I think. Well, you look at you look at people like that. I mean, Theo Melodon. Yeah, he's another guy for the world team, right? Theo Melodon, and again, you go back to the quickly argument. I get the whole world format that they're trying to um, put in place, but you're you're robbing certain guys. 
just by using that format, you know? So I think they, in my opinion, they may want to look uh, look at moving away from that format because I don't think it's, uh, it's doing all the players who's deserving justice. Yeah, and, and even, I mean, even some of these guys, don't get me wrong, I like them as players, but even Michael Michael Mulder, he doesn't even play that much for the, for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, who who would you say on the U.S. team? Like you, to me, you already named one. I, I would have picked quickly over Wiseman because um, Wiseman hardly played, and quickly's numbers are better um, for the start of the season, and that's partly due to Wiseman being unhealthy. Um, so that's one guy that stands out. I would have picked quickly over. Um, pick, yeah, I would have put quickly in there over him. You know what I think some of this has to do too is uh, it may sound crazy. I think sometimes it has to do with your coach too because it's almost like whether you do well in a short stint or a long stint, it seems like if you get to be on the court more, they always count that as being better too. Some of these guys, it doesn't justify. But if you look at some of these other guys, their numbers, like the numbers may be low, like the guy, let's say Dork, Oklahoma City. He plays a lot of minutes. Yeah. And I don't know statistics, like he doesn't put up statistics as far as scoring like maybe Barrett, but he plays a lot of minutes. Cachemiro plays a lot of minutes. Alexander Walker. Well, here's another guy I don't understand either. I mean, Denny, I guess Denny Ottenbaugh, he starts, right? In Washington, does he start now? Yeah, he starts. He's he starting now. So he gets a good portion of minutes. So they might be confusing actual playing time with, with ability because there's a lot of guys here that get a lot of minutes. I mean, you get guys that are like, Achua's effective in small spurts because he only plays in small spurts. And Brandon Clark. So you can break that whole team down. But there's some guys, I mean, there's a lot of notable guys that's kind of left off these teams. Like I'm looking at it now, going through the, um, uh, just the U.S. side. You have Lamelo Ball, who I, I would say should be there over quickly, right? Um, I would say Lamelo's probably uh, leading right now for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I would say so. See, the him Anthony Edwards at this point. Yeah, so Anthony Edwards is second. That's not really debatable. I would say he's deserving, of course. This one to me is debatable. Granted, I think he's having a decent season, but uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Is he, is he having a better season, you think, than quickly? He's playing more minutes, so that goes back to your point, Kenyatta. Um, I don't know if his numbers are necessarily better than quickly's, though, uh, given those minutes that he's playing. So that's a questionable one. Ty- Tyler Hero is, you know, I think they fell in love with him early. They fell in love last year with him. This year, his, his numbers are kind of down, I would say, probably. Plus, he hasn't even been healthy. He's missed. Um, quite a few games, but all right, you want to put Hero in, that's debatable, but this guy hasn't even played really beyond uh, DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, he's been out here. He's he's been hurt. You know, he's still hurt. I think the Atlanta player's been out in general. I know Cam Reddish hasn't played in weeks. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point, right? So That's probably why he's not there. He hasn't played, I think he, I don't know how many games he played either. So uh, Hunter, I would say, is debatable. Kelvin Johnson, I think IQ's numbers are probably better. Um, it's probably the minutes again. He he starts. Then you have John Moran, of course. You know, John Moran. Yeah. He, he's 
uh, ahead of IQ, I would say. Michael Porter Jr. is debatable, but I would probably put Michael Porter Jr. on the team. Yeah. Um, he's deserving. Of course, Zion. Um, and then the last one is James Wiseman, who I would put IQ above him, too. Um, so I it's definitely some things there. And if, like you said, we already went down the world uh, side of things, you go down the world list, IQ is probably ahead of most of those guys, if not all of them, except his own teammate, RJ Barrett. You know what, you know what I think they, they hurt? I think a lot of times what, what hurts him is stuff like what we seen the other night. The other night, when um, the other night, his coach chose to start Frank Neal Aquilo when he didn't have other guards over him. So when you look at it like from the overall perspective of the league and stuff, if your own coach won't put you ahead of the third or fourth string guards, why are we going to put you on a team that represents you being great? All the rest of these guys, what they have in common is that the coaches all kind of support them. Of course, none of these guys are not, I mean, with the exception, at least I tell you on the American side, Every single one of these guys start. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then you look at um the world roster, I could say um Alexander, he definitely doesn't start a children to start. So the world team is more of a stretch because a lot of those guys don't start, but everybody on the American team they all start. And they get major minutes. I'm not saying they're more effective, they start. And it's probably because of the teams they're in and the coaches they have whatever that that either you know they're in positions where the coach is like listen we these guys got to get out there and learn and there's some guys that should be here too like if um if you look at some of these guys like quietly that people don't talk about the guy in detroit's pretty good isaiah stewart yeah yeah i like him yeah he plays pretty well yep he's not even on honorable mention enough so he's not bad um there's, there's, a, there's a couple of guys out there that was in that that are doing all right, that they just not. It just comes down to to not, some of it is marketability, like what they feel is how to you know who they can market out there as the face of the league and stuff like that. I, I do believe this. I do believe if the Knicks weren't in the process of coming up and they were already there, he would be there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Plus, like you said, a lot of it has to do with Tibbs um, jerking him around on his minutes and stuff like that, too. You yeah. got to produce it, and he's playing, you know, limited minutes. So that's mm-hmm. not helping his case. No, not at all. Because you figure if, you're, if they say, well, what are we going to argue for him? His coach won't put him out. His coach put Frank Neal Keeler out there, and we trying to trade him. But listen, they, they won't they won't put, um, put him out there. So it makes a tough case for you when that happens. I mean... Barrett is an obvious one. If Barrett wasn't on there now, that would be a big problem. So Barrett, Barrett is an obvious one. I'm saying it was it was pretty bad. He wasn't on there last year. It's, it's definitely definitely a problem with that. But this 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 side, but it's it's a lot of I think it's a lot of self promotion or rather team promotion involved in this team getting behind you. Some of these guys probably even had like videos and stuff to, to, to campaign for them to be in on the team and all types of stuff. Barrett made the game last year. They just jerked Barrett on all rookie teams. There's two, it's two coaches it's two coaches in the league that I really don't see campaigning. Like put it this way. I can tell you this, Greg Popovich wasn't out there campaigning for Kelvin Johnson to be on no team. That wasn't happening. Yeah. And, 
and Tibbs ain't campaigning for nobody to be on no team either. Some other guys, I mean, even Doc Rivers, I heard him say foolishness before about people deserving to be on teams. But I, I couldn't see either one of those two dudes. They don't even care unless, you know what they'll campaign for? If you want them to campaign for quickly to be on the all-defensive team, <laughs> then Tibbs will Tibbs take campaign for that one. Right. Right now, based on based on PER, which I don't necessarily think is, is the best stat to go by when rating these players, but based on PER, quickly is the second among rookies with LaMelo Ball being ahead of them by uh, 61 tenths of a point, you know? <laughs> but yeah, here, here's the thing. It goes back to what you said, Kenyatta. LaMelo Ball is playing 28.9 minutes, whereas quickly he's playing 18.8 minutes. Yeah. Uh, LaMelo Ball is playing roughly 10 more minutes a game than quickly. Yeah. You get more, you know what's funny about that? Like a lot of times in those discussions, People think of it this way. It could go both ways, I, I agree. So if you gave him that 10 more minutes, would it be 10 more positive minutes, 10 more minutes, or 10 more five minutes? So it could go either way. Like, it's a good point, 10, minutes, 10 minutes, like a guy that, uh, you know what makes you efficient? If you play 18 minutes and you get one and a half turnovers, you're efficient. If you play 28 minutes and you get four and a half turnovers, you're not efficient. So, some of that stuff will, will factor into it too. I could, I don't think him in particular because the way he plays, it will really go up much because he's, guys who turn the ball over are guys who pound the ball a lot and pass a lot, who do a lot of dribbling. He's usually like a three dribble type of guy and then out of his hands. Like I don't see him throwing the ball between his legs 15 times and all that type of stuff. So I don't think from a turnover perspective it will affect him. But the PER stuff is crazy because I do think it's a decent stat, but it, it, if you look at you ever look at that plus minus on the side of players in the box score, man. So if you solely went by the plus minus, half of these dudes you would never even touch them. It's almost like I look at a side of the thing. This dude is like plus thir- minus thirty six when he's in the game. I'm like, why is he playing? <laughs> you had a minus thirty six when you were on the court. I mean, he just sit you down in the corner. Yeah, and you already uh, <laughs> added a game, right? Yeah, I think I think I think PER is just another statistic to get players money. What I mean by that is this, right? It's the it quickly is the perfect player to take for. So, if I play 18 minutes, right? These are my numbers. If I play 28 minutes, these are my numbers. But PER says that if I play 10 more minutes, I could get these numbers. We don't know that, but based on this player efficiency rating, this is what he should be. So you should be paying him the same money as this guy. Because yeah. you're the reason that he's not getting those numbers because you're not playing him. And that's, that's what they do. Like, you, you get, sometimes it works out. I got to say, um, whoever's agent, Christian Wood's agent was smart because he didn't take that deal that Detroit was offering for half the money. He was like, well, based yeah, based on what we see with these numbers, this is who he should be. So it panned out in his, you know, in his case. But there's other guys that the more minutes you give them, they don't get better. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. 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 yeah, this player efficiency thing is all based on, okay, I play less time, but if I got to play more, I would be I would look like this. There's no way you could believe that a guy that can't really do much in five minutes is gonna look great in ten. 
Yeah, well, we, I need time to warm up. I really, I can't really get my game off in the eight minutes. Like I give you, is choosing choosing home home players again. You think that Dennis Smith Jr. would get more efficient by playing double the time? I guess we're seeing it now, where because in Detroit he's he's getting a, a little bit more of a shot. Um, he looks a little better. His, his confidence seems to be up, which which is a good thing for him. Uh, but his his numbers obviously improved. It was hard to go any lower than zero st- uh, statistics across the board on the Knicks. The average now, one you know, <laughs> now his, his points and stuff are up. Um, but before he wasn't averaging anything. He wasn't playing. He was talking about going to the G League. Yeah, minutes. I mean, I, I look at this whole thing. I think it's tough because statistics. I mean. We always look to define players only by statistics, but you sometimes it's hard to place value on other things. Because if you look at it, I still say this, people don't believe it. Getting Mark Gasol and letting Dwight Howard and um, this guy go was, in a, was a big mistake. That was a big mistake. Yeah, they scored, they might score five more points. But they can kill that front of the rim. Yeah, they yeah. Stop anybody. And Anthony Davis is out, so now you really stand. Howard, so just, have, yeah, McGee and Howard. And they let they let Howard go essentially for one million dollars. And it wasn't like he was asking for for fourteen. They didn't want to play two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep you for one point four. The minute you say two million, now nah, that's too much for you. I'm like, so you let him go for, for somewhere between six hundred thousand and a million because you don't want to pay him, but you you shortchanged shortchanged um Kuzma. Talk about signing Schroeder to a five year deal at eighteen to twenty. I'm like, yeah, don't worry, LeBron 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 will be finished his career in Cleveland or something. LeBron going to the Knicks. <laughs> right. That'll be his next stop because with these roster moves and the way they moving, I don't know. I don't know how you know. You sign a Schroeder to a twenty million dollar five year deal, or whatever, and would I, I couldn't see where that what direction that's going. I think if Bronny if Bronny makes the league, and <laughs> that's where LeBron is going. Wherever LeBron James Jr. ends up, and I think LeBron will probably try to close out his career there. But Schroeder's playing well. I'll I, I defend Schroeder, though. He's playing, he's playing better. I thought he would play. He's playing better than he played in Atlanta in OKC. Him playing with CP3 sparked something in his game, man. Yeah. yeah. He, was, uh, he was a down player. And with CP3 that won the OKC, and now in the Lakers, you see a difference in his game, man. He's playing, He's more steady. He's more consistent. Yeah, for real. Like, I like, think CP3 holds them accountable. That's what it is. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I, I heard uh, with some some of the practice. They even talking about the Devin Booker thing, where he went out there and was like, "Listen, um, you might have to give out some numbers in order to become a better player, understanding how to be more efficient in doing things, turning the ball over less, taking better shots instead of taking the first shot, like there's all types of tough shots." So CP3, I mean. For me, I could see him as a guy with a future in coaching. Oh, no, that's yeah, agreed, yeah. 
Now, it's yeah. funny you mentioned Devin Booker because uh, I'm sure you heard the reports, the rumor, here we go again, right? Setting it up where supposedly a star is going to, within the next 12 months, is going to force his way to the to the next force of trade to the next. That's what Brian uh, Winhurst was reporting. Um, yeah. And Jay Williams was saying that he believes that star is Devin Booker. Based on Leon Rose, he was one of Leon Rose's clients. He went to Kentucky, so Big Blue Nation, right, is now pretty much the Knicks. Um, so the rumor is that Devin Booker is that star that's planning to try to force his way to the Knicks. I don't know if, it's, if there's any truth in it, but supposedly that's out there um, among these league executives. You know, you know, people looking real good for Knicks fans today. When you talk about attention, getting snubbed, all-star games and school games, you know, people looking real good for Knicks right now. So, um, that being said, uh, it's going to be either him or Towns. It's going to be the next player coming up with the Who do you feel? fit, you don't know right now. Uh, I'll take either or. Will we come first? I'll take either or. Towns. But uh, he's still from New York City right now. As far as the Knicks fans, you know, got all stars, you know, that people get snubbed, you know, got guys that don't contest. Yeah, real good. Yeah, yeah. Fifth seed so, in the East. Yeah, man, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. So, but uh, he's a player I'm happy with. Um, I probably would prefer Towns. I understand it too. He needs to fight a front court. Just have to, just have better score, defend. Yeah, I, if, if I had to choose out of those two, I would I would choose Towns. Now, I think what's going to happen with the Knicks probably is this. You're going to see a lot more Kentucky and North Carolina guys on there because just because that that's the affiliate, uh, affiliate with the actual uh, player agents and the assistant coaches. Like, it was amazing how fast Theo Pinson became a Knick after he got released by the Nets. They literally released somebody to sign Theo Pinson. They um, they released Alonzo Tria to sign Theo Pinson. Yeah. And saying, I mean, I don't even know how people could even. I like Theo Pinson, but it's not like he was a necessity to have that quick or you were competing with anybody to bring in Theo Pinson. So they, they, they're going to be allegiance. Like, you'll find people on Kentucky, like, if you watch Kentucky this year where they're not winning, the Knicks are subject to draft a Kentucky player in the second round. If they, order, if they can get one of those one of those top guys in the first round, like say, what, what's this guy's name? Brian Boston. They will take Brian Boston. Right. He's available when they pick Brian Boston to be a Nick. And part of it, I mean, you got to trust those guys because Kentucky players, no matter what they do in college, they all seem to be much better in the pros because it's like, Carl Pryor, he can't let them all play one-on-one -on -one in college. Yeah. But he knows the guys he brought in were top one-on-one -on -one players on their teams and stuff like that. So as long as listen, as long as they can come in and they don't get too you know too down off of what they didn't do in college or whatever, they usually come come through in the NBA. Even if they're not starters, they still all right. Because I will tell you this: to me, I think Kevin Knox needs to change the scenery. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he's not he's not what the Knicks want. The Knicks want a different type of guy. Now, put him on a team. If you put him on a team where he gets the ball a little more and he's a little more offense centric instead of being like the seventh, eighth option or something, then he's good. Like on the nights where you see him get a lot of possessions, a lot of attempts, 
he shoots a fairly decent thing, but he he can't, he's not a guy that's effective without the ball. Yeah, what it is with Knox is uh like he came in the year after Jason Tatum, and I think that's what kind of killed him because uh, I think they looked at here it is another light skin guy that's six nine, you know six eight, um, can shoot the ball dribble a little bit but the difference between him and Tatum is that Tatum has um like a, a much better handle Kevin Knox can't really handle the ball so I think we're like we drafted him under the assumption that he would kind of sort of be the next Tatum and his game is, is totally different Kevin Knox is more of a of a spot-up shooter when you got a point guard who could break the defense down and find Knox in the corners and stuff like that, Knox will flourish. He's not the greatest defender, but he is long and he tries. So you could you could build him into a three and D type of player. Whereas we were banking on this guy becoming a Jason Tatum type of player where you put the ball in his hands and just get out of the way. And that's just not who he is. Yeah. He's just not that type of player. He, like you said, he can knock down shots. You give him, I, I'd rather see him out there taking uh, some of those threes than Reggie Bullock, you know, that's for sure. I mean, hell, I'd rather see him taking threes over Obi Toppin. So, I would, <laughs> with that, yeah. Yeah. So, Knox is a finesse player, that's what it is. Yeah. He's a finesse player. He's a very, like, like a really, he's a good spot shooter. And we, we hit him on points about his skill sets. Um, his confidence is real low right now too. His confidence, like, like yeah. time. You know, he's more of a hand type right now. So um, it seems like it seems like the Mikel guy is really better pick than not. You could have the Mikel guy from Villanova or guy from Michigan State would have been a better fit right now. You know, yeah, he's, he's a little more rugged. Like, he's like in hindsight, of course, though. But uh, not have skill set, but maybe a change of city would be good for him. We get return, maybe a second round draft pick. I want my. I think uh, supposedly the because um, I know they were high on uh, like you said the guy from Villanova to win. He's another three and D type of player. Um, but I think Knox supposedly went against um, Miles Bridges, is the guy from Michigan State, right? I think he went against uh, supposedly Miles Bridges in a one on one in in their workouts for the Knicks, and supposedly Kevin Knox somehow killed him in the one on one workouts. You know what that is? That's 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 middle school rules. So if you check the ball up to me behind a three point line, you gotta be hanging back and stuff, and I just let you shoot like a fool, like Joe <laughs> Bridges did. I'm sure if he could probably spin the ball and catch shoot the ball off the rack much better than Bridges could at the time. I don't even think he's a better shooter than Bridges right now. I think Bridges is actually a better shooter now. I mean, I tell you what, the, yeah, the Knicks are trade. Kept Kevin Knox and Hatton and four other guys for Bridges right now today. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I asked Pat Rogers about the way Wings uh, work out. It was awful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Mm hmm. Oh, look at the way he weighs now. Yeah. I'm playing with Chris Dollar. Where he played Wings. Come on, three Wings. Come on now. Hey, you want to know something interesting? I was having an interesting conversation with a guy at work today. And I want today, actually. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, it, this is true and a lot of players. All right, so we're talking about a bunch of millionaires for the most part, right? How come the guys that are already good and the guys who want to get better spend money and invest in themselves and these other bum guys don't do nothing? I'll give you a perfect example. When Gordon Hayward came in out of Butler, 
Did his body look like that? Could could you see him handling the ball like that or jumping or doing any of that stuff? But in two years' time... He had that in college. Probably had that in college, though, for sure. But in two years' time, he went from being a college championship-level player to being an NBA All-Star. You know what all he said he did? He said he played a personal trainer, he played a, a physical trainer, and got a dietitian. And that's mm. all he said he did. Mm. And that's what got him now. But we got other guys that all they do every year, we keep telling them. And I don't get me wrong, I like some of these guys. I'm going to use Ben Simmons as an example. Ben Simmons is making how much money? And you tell me this guy can't spend time with a damn shooting coach or something, invest in a shooting coach? He'd rather not, he'd rather hang out and not do nothing. And that's the problem. Like, you got a lot of guys like that. You look at the summer. A lot of these guys, they come in the league how they are. They have them, even you got to do like LeBron. LeBron invests millions of dollars every year in his body, dietitians, training, all types of stuff, special techniques, cryo chambers. And this is the dude's the best. And we got guys over here that won't even invest 20000 in themselves. So a lot of times, I mean, maybe if some of these dudes took off the gold chain, threw that back for 250000 threw 50000 on something else, I mean, you look at these guys like, I don't even understand it. Like, you, you, was, you supposedly, right now, if you took any one of us, right, any one of us right now on this thing, right, and you told us, listen, we'll put you in a league and all you got to do is spend a couple, you got, we're going to give you a million dollars, but you got to spend $100,000 a year to try to get better. And we're going to let you sit on the bench and be the 15th man. You know what we'd be doing? We wouldn't be having this conversation right now. <laughs> we'd be on that bench, working out right now, shooting in the gym. Besides the money part to it is, this is literally your job. So this is all you have to worry about. Yeah. You know, in terms of working, this is your job. You get to poop for a living, you know? When you're out there in your driveway, you know, at your big house, shooting, right? That You, you literally have all these different options in front of you. Like you said, I think Ben Simmons, I don't want to say the guy necessarily isn't working, but uh, on that jump shot, but it certainly doesn't seem like he's working enough if he is. Uh, so he's a, a good example of it. And Ben has a very good form too, man. I don't really understand. You see, Ben, she has a good form to me. I'm yeah. a kind of guy. He has a very good form. Follow through everything else. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it really. I think some of it is some of it is his attitude. And you what? You ever see the Ben Simmons special, like when he was um, coming to the league in LSU, where he was like, "I don't even know why I got to go to class because I'm not here for that." That kind of tells you what kind of person you're dealing with as far as the work ethic and the way they see things. Like, you got guys, like, you got to want to be good. You got to want to be great. Some people, you we all heard that, what's in hard work beats talent, and talent doesn't work hard. And all of these guys, you know, you got some guys that are like natural born talent, born talent. They have this ability. But some of those guys don't work as hard as these other guys. And what happens is, like, I, I'm going to take it back to the Knicks. Julius Randle probably worked harder this time being off than he probably any other offseason ever. His body never looked like this. He never seemed like he had the stamina like this. He's handling the ball, shooting better. He invested in himself and is paying off. But you, there's so many players that don't understand that. It always seems like the guys that's friends, like Julius Randle, Randle was never bad. He just was never what he was. 
So somebody probably was like, yeah, listen, Julius, you had a pivotal point in your career. Was he like 26, 27? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you getting into prime of your career. You got one more year on a deal on the next, and then you a free agent. There's a turning point. This is where you either become a player that gets a lot of money, or you become uh, a guy that's getting the league minimum two million dollar deals on six different teams for the rest of your career. So you got to make that choice on who you who you going to become. Because right now, Julius Randle, I mean, before I can tell you this, before this year. I, just, I thought he was an okay player. I didn't think he was bad. Like, I know he took a beating. My biggest knock on him before this year was the turnovers. Like, he would get caught in the paint and turn the ball over just way too much. But now, it's going to be competition to keep Julius Randle on that team. Other teams going to be looking at him. But he earned that. And just some players, they don't seem like they, they get that part or understand that part that, you know, when you get to the NBA, everybody can run and jump. You know, you got to hold this. You got, you're not the best shooter no more. You might have been the best shooter in your high school or on your college team, but in the NBA, you're not the number one shooter. I mean, you, you, these kids should be watching these other guys. Like, I think, who, oh, I think Anthony Edwards said it best. He was like, you know, I watched the TV and I thought a guy was good or whatever, but when I really got to play against Steph, I really didn't understand how good he was until, until I had to get out there with him. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy, right? Yeah, it's completely crazy. I'm like, dude, you—you you was the big man on your high school and the big man in college. This is Steph Curry. This is the big man in the NBA, not 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 no regular dude. <laughs> what you think he was? Oh, I ain't think he was that good. Yeah, okay. I don't care. We said CP3 is still. Blasphemous for him to say that. Yeah, because that's that's again that's how these guys think. They think because you know they're the big fish in high school. They go out there do stuff in college, and they think just because they athletic, it's just going to translate over. Nah, you got to you got to work these dudes. I mean, listen, these guys probably see these these young dudes and see some of these other dudes, and they take it as a night off. Right. So Damon Lillard come out there and he's like, okay, I got Anthony Edwards tonight. All right, this is going to be an easy one. <laughs> you know. He ain't gonna be able to stop me, and he's he not gonna be able to get nothing. And the, the refs damn sure ain't gonna make the calls for him, so so he's pretty much done. But that these dudes don't understand that. And then you go in there two or three years, and you still sitting around wondering why it ain't working out for you because you're not doing nothing. Yeah, not working hard enough. Yeah, think about it this way: one of the most famous Knicks, Patrick Ewing, was a defensive player coming out of Georgetown. He went from being a shot blocker, rebounder who could get post moves to being damn near, what, a 28-point game scorer? He had to work to get that. I think a lot of these dudes, they don't understand that part of the game, the work part. I mean, and that that's where they get caught up. And, you know, some dudes, like, now with all this advancements and training and all this stuff, you get dudes that kind of microwave it out. Like, you could really become a good player in a year <laughs> if you really work hard. A year later, you could be a different player. Not all these guys have the, the Mamba mentality, right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. I, one of the, the like quotes I love with Kobe is um, I always heard this quote where he was playing against um, Allen Iverson. He asked Iverson, what you doing after the game? Iverson said, I'm going to the club. What you, what you doing? 
He said, I'm going to the gym, <laughs> you know? Everybody is like that. Yeah. yeah. Kobe great, man. That's the, the mama mentality. Yeah. I mean, can you hear some of these stories now? Like this week, Zion Williamson, I, he must have had a bad shooting game. And the, the, the press had to wait for him because he decided that before he did the press, he wanted to take like 100 shots on the, on the floor before he even met with the press. That's what's up. Yeah, I see uh, I see a lot of players on the Knicks doing that too, which is, is showing, you know, quickly. I've seen videos of him out there after, after games. I, I listened to Thibs make a, a comment um, in a, a conference the other day where he's saying R.J. Barrett, he thinks Barrett does it on purpose. Barrett sets up the shooting um, machine right in front of Tibbs' office. You know, yeah, yeah. Tibbs can see him, you know, working on that jumper. Yeah. Yeah, he said, I think he sets it up there, right there in that spot on purpose so he could, I could see him working. You know, that's how you got to be. You know the sad thing about it is that it may sound crazy. I don't know if I see Barrett in that long-term future. You know why? Because in order to get something, you got to give something up. And he's probably the highest thing they could give without giving away something they would have heard of. You understand what I mean? Like, they're not going to give you... I got a choice between Barrett or Randall. I'm not giving you Randall. And at this point, if you look at the development of where Quigley's at as opposed to where RJ is, you might be willing to give RJ up before quickly, right? I probably I wouldn't want to give any of them up, but like you said, unfortunately, if you're gonna let's let's say the Devin Bucket thing is 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 true, right? Devin Bucket demands a trade next season. I want to go to the Knicks. Um, like you said, in order to get him, you got to give up something. Yeah, you're not gonna take back, you know, Alec Burks and, and two yeah. second rounders, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's not happening. You're gonna have to give up some pieces, and that one, one of the main pieces, I'm sure, would be R.J. Barrett. That's who they would, yeah. who they would want. Even even Minnesota, they they got a ton of guards over there, but I'm sure R.J. Barrett would be on on their list. We want R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, he's definitely going to be on the list. Because what happens is they know he's serviceable. Even if they don't see him as a starter, they know they could get something from him. On top of the fact he's still on the rookie deal, they probably would want to give you some kind of bum house contract that they got that costs a lot of money for a guy who does less and give you, you know, the player. So you might have to take a bad deal, give up RJ, you know, and what's him and picks and stuff. But if you're getting certain things back, like I think Pat Riley was probably the best at that. So if I had to trade Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett to get you to get um Cat. You're going to do that deal because realistically, if you got cat, you're not going to, Mitchell Robinson's not going to play. What are you going to keep him to play? What's him play eight minutes a game or something? And then with RJ, RJ is the type of player, although he's good, he's not irreplaceable. So. Yeah, he, he's not. I think he's starting to, I wouldn't say irreplaceable, but he's starting to show that that consistency and he's starting to show who he could be because um, the guy right now he's shooting for this last month he shot over 40 percent from three-point range i don't know if he'll be able to sustain that average over 20 points um if rj could forget about averaging 25 30 points if he could be a consistent 
20 point scorer where you know every night he's gonna get 20 points and it's gonna be somewhat efficient, I could live with that. Well, you know? I might get destroyed by you guys for this, but you guys tell me this, right? So right now you got RJ Barrett, right? That's making whatever money that he's on the pace to make whatever money, right? How much better is RJ Barrett to say, like if you gave Bruce Brown RJ Barrett's opportunities? Or if you gave Taylor Horton RJ Barrett's opportunities? Or a whole collection of those, what I call middle of the road guys, that blue guys. Right now, people will argue this and people will say they wouldn't, but the Nets won't trade you Joe Harris for RJ Barrett. No, they, they probably wouldn't because RJ is, is more of a slasher playmaker and having, you know, Kyrie, James Harden with the ball in their hands, KD, I don't know what RJ Barrett would be doing, you know, a spot up shooter. So Joe Harris serves, he serves a perfect role for them. He, RJ Barrett is definitely better than those guys I named. But if you got rid of RJ Barrett, you could get a guy in there that gets a few less points, probably plays just as good defense or whatever, and does the same slashing stuff, probably for a lot less. You know what I mean? He's a higher, don't get me wrong, he's a higher upside than those guys. You know what you get with them. But if you need to trade him and you need to replace him, you might better get a guy that'll get you six less points for $2 million. So it's, it's a toss up. I like the way the Knicks are building. They're building finally through the draft. We obviously don't have enough talent on the team to be like a championship contender, so we need to add some pieces. Um, but I, I personally think we need to continue doing what we've been doing. Um, if we want to bring these guys in, I would love to bring them in if possible through free agency. Um, if we can continue to win games, they'll want to come that way versus giving up pieces for him. Um, I don't want to go down the Carmelo route again, where we mm. got to deplete the entire roster just to bring in a Devin Booker, because then what, what's the point, you know? You got to give up so many people to get Cat over here. What's the point in having him? It's going to be Cat, Julius Randle, and, and who else, you know? Basically, you're alive. I, I'm going to tell you something. This sounds crazy, and we already talked about it. you basically going to have Kentucky. You're going to have Cat, Julius Randle, and quickly. And then you're gonna get Brian Boston, that's another <laughs> Kentucky player. And then you're gonna get a bunch you have Kevin Knox and a bunch of other Kentucky players. It's gonna be the, the Kentucky the Kentucky Knicks. They're gonna see who else they could get. Keep Monk as a six man for cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Monk's gonna be there. Think about it, they were going after Monk too, right? They gonna build the don't get me wrong, Kentucky got a lot of Noel is another guy who's from Kentucky, right? Didn't Noel go to Kentucky? Yep, Noel's from Kentucky, yep. He's another Kentucky guy. They got they gonna have a whole bunch of Kentucky guys in there. Don't get me wrong, Kentucky's got some good kids on the roster. Like I was I was watching a dude today that he's not gonna go that high, but he's like a high motor guy, like a power forward. They got him playing center that he blocks shots and rebounds and finishes around the basket. But he'll be available. So that they'll be able to get somebody like that in the second round. But I, I could see I could see the Knicks just include them in a deal to try to move forward. And hopefully for the Knicks sake, they don't do that whole blow it up and try to win the championship next year or something. Because realistically, to me, I mean, and I'm kind of biased about it, 
if I'm the Knicks, I would put like a two-year, two-year, three-year timeline on it. You know why? Because you need KD and um, Harden and Iron to start hating each other. Because that, that's how long it's going to take for anybody else to win a championship. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you got Blake Griffin talking about he wants to go there. I don't know if you heard about that. But, you know, that's a good segue into the buyout market. So Blake Griffin got bought out. And he's talking about he wants to go to the Nets. I mean, other than trying to pick up a cheap championship and these dudes being his friends, I mean, I couldn't see why. It's definitely not going to be an opportunity. Where's he going to be there? They're not going to give him the ball to score. He must going to be a rebounder or something like that. But why if, should that be his first option? Like, I think he was, I think the Lakers probably would give him a better opportunity as far as playing. And the, maybe even the Clippers, too. Both spots would be good for the Lakers or the Nets. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's showing what he's doing, what he, what he, what he could do. Um, he's going there, you know, run the floor on a fast break, and hard going to hit you off with a fast break. Yeah. Um, you know, rebound, defend. And, you know, what those guys on the court, man, you don't have all space to do his thing. And um, I'm quite sure he's a strong kid, you know, he's got a rebound. He can jump a little bit, but back in the day, he's still going on. With Durant, Katie, and Kyrie on the floor, you have a lot of space to, you know, get the rebound and get shots and get your own shots. Yeah. I heard something that um, JaVale McGee might be in that market, but supposedly where the NBA rules work, the Lakers couldn't bring him right back if they wanted to anyway. It'd have to be something where he'd have to get signed or trade. Mm. So it's a lot of a lot of different funny rules as far as like how the players can move like you can't like after a certain time and stuff. Yeah, the Lakers should stay in pack. They can't they like you said other two they have no protection. Um you paid uh a couple of money after nine points a game. Uh, you play as West Matthews who's playing awful. Please, uh, yeah. Green. He's playing awful. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. You know, short of hurt, AD's hurt. So, but, you know, you should cut the guys from, from the previous team. Cut McGee, Joe McGee, kept the right highway. You kept Andy Green. Stay back. Because, like I said, uh, previous show, we'll get better within a few days span. We will get better. Besides the Nets. They got harder. Got better. That's true. Yeah, that's true. They rested Pat. Except for the uh, Pistons, they signed Jeremiah Grant. Look at Devin yeah. Nuggets. They went backwards, Devin Nuggets. They did. You know, so. Yeah, they lost Grant. I heard him. This is why you hear Lakers talk about Hassan Whiteside and maybe, you know, someone like him. You know, Lake himself, man. Steve Pat, kind of the record right now. Except being the third or fourth place. They got some interesting guys that they consider in bios for, but I don't know if any of these guys move the needle. Like when you talk about guys like George Hill and um, Trevor Ariza, um, Otto Porter, he might be a decent person to pick up. But I don't see like where any of these guys really like move the needle for a team. I do think there's like a huge market. A lot of teams looking for big men. Yeah, and a lot of teams need bigs. And I don't know if they're gonna buy Andre Drummond out too. That's a big buyout. And to his credit, he's a free agent. So to me, I, I gotta give him credit. I'm not taking no whole big discount to get off your team when I don't know where my next money source is coming. Right. I sit there. If you want to send me home and pay me 14 million dollars to sit home, I'm not gonna let you pay me seven and let me go. 
Right. Plus, besides that, not to say these other guys can't, but Drummond is not in the same category as a JaVale McGee and Tom Whiteside. This guy is still, I think he's still a legitimate uh, force, you know? Yeah. He still has a lot of potential. Right now, before before all this buyout talk and sending him home, he was averaging 17 and a half points and like 13 and a half rebounds. Yeah. Um, so the guy still can play. And I think a lot of it too has to do with perception too. You can't get bought out for seven, like you said, seven million dollars <laughs> for a million or two. And then once you hit free agency, talking about you want close to max. Because man, <laughs> you set the bar low for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I'm not yeah. taking a cheap buyout and then go signing with a, a, another team for dirt cheap. When you hit free agency, they're gonna say, "All right, yeah, you just signed with with the Lakers for for 1.9 million, you know." That's your value. Yeah, yeah. Why am I giving you 2022? 20, you know. Well said. I agree with you on that. Man. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. You you basically set the value. You see, Blake Griffin had to give up 12 million dollars. So yeah, which is a lot too. Uh, but he's he's kind of I I don't know if I would have did it if I was him either. But you <laughs> would say in his case is he's made his money. Um, yeah. And he also made his name in the league. So now he's just looking to win. Mm-hmm. And Drummond is still looking forward to build his brand. You know, so they had different points in their career. If I'm up supposedly up and coming, I can't take no cheap buyout. And then go sign with the Lakers to chase no ring when I'm still trying to trying to prove that I'm uh, close to max player. Yeah, not not at 26. You can't take. Yeah, exactly. Not at 26 years old. I can't go. Yeah, 26, 27. You can't do that because what's interesting is like he's. You know what? He's at that same age as Julius Randle. I might have got. They they are the same age. Yeah. So I'm pretty much sure Julius Randle ain't taking those seven million dollars from nobody. Unless it's seven million dollars for, for twenty games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I could, I could honestly say that to me at this point, Julius Randle's a twenty million dollar plus player. I don't know if the Knicks feel that way, but somebody's gonna give him, somebody's gonna give him five years for a hundred million dollars, or maybe four for post Tiller. Yeah, because he from the Knicks, he got three. He got three for sixty. Yeah, so he's gonna be looking for a raise. Yeah, is that the last year on it was a team option for like a two million dollar buyout or something? Yeah, like that. they can get out of it on that last year if they wanted to. If he didn't um, produce, and other than that, yeah, the guy is easily I think a twenty million plus dollar player, especially in this market where you're throwing out money to all these guys. Yeah, eighteen um, is the average. You know, you notice that that the average dude. He getting between 15 and 18 right off the top. I don't want to sound like Shaq, but how much did Rudy Gobert just get? You know? Well, he got like $30 <laughs> million dollars per game. Yeah. $30 million. It seemed like per game, he only get 30 points for $30 million a season. So, you know, you look at guys like that. Granny, he's playing his role and doing what the Jazz asked him to do. But I'm Julius Randle. I'm looking at these guys saying, there's no way I'm playing for less than 20 unless I, God forbid, get hurt or something like that. The health of Julius Randle, the way he's playing, is easily twenty plus million. The he crazy thing. He wants to be a Nick too. He wants to be a Nick too. So. Yeah. 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 The, the craziest thing about that Rudy Gobert deal was that that's just opportunity with being on the team. Because if you think about it, 
if you if you took Rudy Gobert off a team and took Drummond off a team, you think the Jazz would take Rudy Gobert over Andre Drummond? They wouldn't do it. They, they, he gets four rebounds than Gobert. He gets what one and a half less blocks and everything else. He's better than Gobert, and he's not asking for thirty million either. So it, it comes down to like people falling in love with their players. I mean. It, you owe a lot of times you overvalue your guys, but the smart guys, like I would say this to the Knicks credit, the part of their improvement is valuing the guys at the right price. So they're not going to overpay nobody. <laughs> they, if they don't feel you at that number, they're not going to overpay you. And so you look at you look at some of these other teams' rosters, the reason they'll never be good is because they got so many guys on the roster that you don't know why they're getting paid the amount of money they're getting paid. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. You got a team, you got some teams looking to make deals. Like, I heard the Celtics Celtics were looking to get Andre Drummond. But here's the crazy thing. You you know who they were, who the, um, I don't know why Cleveland would even entertain this. You know who Cleveland was asking for or thinking about? Take a guess. Who's that? Kimba Walker. I mean, what are they going to do? Have three midgets playing guard? Yeah, Sex and Garlic and Kimba? And, and they're going to lower the basket to nine feet and tell everybody else to get shorter? I mean, guys, you basically got duplicate players. And as much as people wanted, uh, it, it almost seemed like people wanted Garland to come in and take that spot. Uh, Sexton, that guy, he he's a guy who probably... I don't know who he could have beat out, but he was an all-star, you know, candidate, I would say. He's probably averaging 25 points a game or somewhere around there, you know, Sexton. So he's having a huge season. So why would you even, like you said, want Kemba over there? I think Sexton has that thing we were talking about, that mama man. He has the killer instinct. So yeah, out of yeah. all of those guys, he's the most aggressive and he's going he's gonna to will himself to win it. Kemba's aggressive too, but Kemba's just a really nice guy. I mean, I think I think that's part of the reason why I think as much as the Celtics don't believe it, the Celtics needed more Kyrie Irving and less Kemba Walker. Because I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are good players, but they're not Kyrie Irving. The problem with them is that they thought they were Kyrie Irving. Now they out there, they playing, and they realize like, listen, it's easier to be two and three than being one and two. When your name's not on the the other team's game plan, you're doing all right. The other team is up there like, we going to turn him to do this and stop him or not. The game becomes a lot harder. Colin Sexton is 20th in the league in scoring, averaging 24.1 points. So the guy, he's producing. Yeah. I was just, I was happy for Kimba because... Kimba got that deal. Kim, you know who Kimba got the deal that, that everybody thought Isaiah Thomas was going to get when he was with the Celtics. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the buyout. Looking at the buyouts and looking at the other things. What do you guys see as possible player movements out there? Who do you think might move? And who do you think needs players? I think the Knicks. Uh, we got to make a move, I would say, probably for a big. I don't know if it necessarily has to be Drummond. Uh, it would be nice to get Drummond, even if it's you know short-term, if it's cheap. Um, 
So I think the Knicks have to make a move given that Noel is playing heavy minutes. He's our, like our only big right now with Gibson out and Mitch out. So I could see uh, Drummond maybe ending up on the Knicks. I know there's rumors now about Kyle O'Quinn coming back um, to the Knicks for cheap. So I think we got to make a move. We're one of the many teams that need a big. I think the Nets could use another big. So they're in that. JaVale, McGee, Hassan, Whiteside, maybe even Drummond, sweepstakes. Um, in terms of trades, uh, you know, there's it's a lot of trades to be made out there. It's just whether teams want to do it. Um, a lot of teams supposedly now looking at Jeremy Grant and Detroit is open to it because they're going nowhere fast and they just gave him a, a 20 million per. So maybe he's on the move. So there's a lot of trades. Um, to be made is just whether what teams are going to pull the trigger, who's buyers and sellers, I guess. Well, Lurgo has a big man, who's a fit, very good. I have yeah. like going to Boston or maybe uh, some of the other teams, so, but definitely a guy who will be a, a very um, good player to enter into a, a player run. Both sit up the field for Boston. The one player I think for sure might be in the or should be in the move. To me, I think when I when I look at it as a whole, the, the again the big man market. You got the Knicks, the Nets, you got the Lakers, Toronto, Boston. <laughs> you got you got a whole bunch of teams looking for big men. I mean, I think there's some other teams. I think the Clippers could use a shooter. I think the Sixers could use a shooter. So I mean, I could see a team like um, just by the look, just look at the way they're playing. I could see New Orleans possibly trading JJ Riddick. For the right deal, so I, I can see that. I heard something about Tim Hardaway might be on the market, even though I think that's a big mistake by Dallas. Six. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think there's ni- I think there's nights where he gets out there and carries that team offensively. So I think that's a bad move on that bad bad person bad thing. But I think realistically, it's going to come down to I guess it's part of what the league is now: big men and shooters. I think there's like a, a whole abundance of guys that can slash. But I think having big men and guys that can shoot is a premium. I wouldn't be surprised to see if a contender reached out to the Knicks to try to get a guy like Alec Burks or Reggie Bullock or something off the bench. Those guys are proven veterans. They both of them defend, and they right. both can knock down shots. So I can see, I, I could honestly, either one of those guys would help a team like the Clippers or the Sixers. Yeah, great. Yeah, so those type of guys, you always get that type of movement. P.J. Tucker might be on the move. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is, uh, I'm trying to figure out with all these rumors how many contracts the Nets actually have because I don't know how you're going to have P.J. The PJ Tucker rumor there, Blake Griffin's rumor there. Like, I guess everybody that's a friend of KD or Harden or whatever, they're going to end up on the Nets. The Nets going to have like an $800 million payroll and cut everybody that's young because... They still got all these other guys. I mean, but I heard that P.J. Tucker wanted to go to the Nets, too. So, the only thing about that, but... Yeah, he did. So, you, you figure you figure he could be on the move. He could help a, he could help a contender. I mean, I think I could see a, a good team for him will be like the Lakers or something, because if they do make it to the championship... I can see them needing some people to contend or defend against perimeter players and stuff like that. But 
you know, from a basketball, I'm still a little leery on the Lakers because I don't know. I think this this um this Davis injury might be a little more than what they lead on to be. And if he if he ends up spending any more extended time out, I mean, I hate to say this, but I could really see them doing this whole thing where if they don't think they're gonna be in a position to contend, we might start seeing LeBron resting games and stuff like that. Because if they're not gonna win the championship. And I mean, for them, it makes sense. It's bad for the league, but they're not going to win the championship. There's no other reason for, you know, they're not a team trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, agreed. Their, you know, goal is to win the championship with that team. So if Davis is out, obviously that's a significant blow to those championship hopes. So I wouldn't be surprised to see LeBron resting. Why not? I just got I got one last question for you guys. Right now, today, who's the NBA MVP? Or at least give me two possible guys you would say the NBA the MVP is right now. I like uh, Dame. I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he gets the, the credit he deserves. Um, so I would put Dame up there, and then uh, probably James Harden the way he's playing if he continues to to play at this level, I would say James Harden. Those are probably my top two. Um, I'm going to say LeBron, because LeBron's uh, still playing great for him. Losing streak, he was still playing great. He was defensively too as well. But I think he dropped down a or two, maybe with three. Um, I will say Embiid, Harden, and Joker, then LeBron. Okay. Great right now. <laughs> he's coming on very strong to be in a very tough I will go be Harden in the I like Theo's list. I think I will go with Embiid, Harden. I might throw Doncic in there because he turned they turning it around a little bit. And what's him and LeBron. But I, oh, we forgot one guy, Mike Conley. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got him on the list? <laughs> so who will we say is possibly the most improved player? That's Julius. Easy. Okay. Yeah, I would love to see Randall get it. It's, it's a toss-up between him and Jeremy Grant. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. That's All right. One. And last one, give me, give me three, give me your top three rookies. Right now, that 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 the candidates, Lamelo, uh, probably in order uh, I mentioned earlier, I would say Lamelo, Anthony Edwards, and to me, IQ. Ditto. Yeah, I gotta go with that too. So, guys, again, you know, always great talking to you guys, having a great show. Any last words before we go? I'm just. Uh, blessed to be able to discuss sports with you guys for another week um so it's pretty much it for me just happy to be here happy to uh, talk sports and i appreciate it yes yeah, here uh, i want to say two things uh do you know what we tired right do you know what wow do you think he's a uh, hall of famer yes or no nah i wouldn't put him in <laughs> yeah i don't think he's so. a career but i wouldn't put him yeah. in yeah Right, and uh, rest in peace to uh, Eric Carr. I'm gonna talk about Eric Carr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Top 
very good broadcaster for CBS Sports football games, man. He's probably my upbringing, man. I watched him come from Yeah. So I heard me and moving on in life. He's 81 years old, so uh, rest in peace, Eric Cross, you know. Besides those two things, man, I enjoy talking to you guys. I look forward to it. I enjoy myself. We went, well, I don't want 50 minutes today. I, I love it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. over here. So, uh, other than that, man, guys, have a good weekend, you know. Enjoy yourselves, man. And, and for me, I just want to, want to say, for all the talk that we all did and the world did, watch the Utah Jazz come out this second half. <laughs> <laughs> So I tell them go out there and tear it up or something, and we we'll be talking about the Utah Jazz for the rest of the year. So right, right, right. MVP candidate, right? Yeah, exactly. MVP candidate Donovan Mitchell at the end of the year. But again, thank you guys, man. I really appreciate talking to you guys. Another great show, whatever it was about. Till next week, guys. Have a good one.